You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hi there, thanks for listening. Charlotte on holiday this week, so it's Nick here with the Saturday edition for September the 11th, which is St. Ledger Day and Irish Champion Stakes Day. And in just a couple of moments' time, you'll be hearing from Dermot Weld, from Jim Bolger, from Charlie Appleby and from Johnny Murter, four trainers with leading chances in the two feature races either side of the Irish Sea. And later on, I'll be talking in a brand new interview to Patrick Cummings, the executive director of the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation, who will be talking to me about a very interesting press release that has just emerged from Churchill Downs, which will impact further on Bob Baffert's ability to train horses up to the Kentucky Derby. Pat will also be telling me what we can expect in the Jason Service and Jorge Navarro ongoing cases. As one of the supporting players in that particular drama was sentenced today, First, though, I want to pay tribute to two fantastic racehorses. On a very happy note, Stradivarius scorched the Doncaster turf today with a blistering display in the Doncaster Cup. He was imperious. He looked to have all his old swagger. He looked to have even moved forward from his epic and gruelling battle with Spanish Mission in the Lonsdale at York. He is a great credit to his trainers, John and Thady Gosden, to Frankie Dottori, who loves him, and to his owner, Bjorn Nielsen, who told us on this podcast earlier in the year that he would keep going as long as he was enjoying his racing, and enjoy it he most certainly did this afternoon. On a much less happy note, wonderful tonight, who's been a regular fixture on this podcast, thanks to the brilliant contributions of her eminently likeable trainer, David Menuisier, has been forced into retirement with a condylar fracture of her fetlock. She will be saved and she is not in danger and she should be able to have a career as a broodmare but it's a bitter blow because you sense there was real unfinished business for a filly that had been taken so far and on such a, a wonderful journey and who had enchanted so many of her fans. But this game waits for no one and tomorrow's racing has the capacity to delight everyone. The Kazoo St. Ledger features a short price favourite in the dual group one winner Hurricane Lane. Earlier in the week, I spoke to his trainer, Charlie Appleby, and asked him what sort of shape he was in. No, he's in great order. Again, he's just had his um, blowout there this morning. Uh, it looks looks fantastic. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, he does. He, look, he looks a million dollars and uh, I'm very much looking forward to Saturday now. Um, and there's no concern, I mean, but everybody's going into the same into the race, you know, stepping up that extra two furlongs for, for all of us there, uh, for most of us, should we say, and then, uh, you know, that's the only question mark which we won't really know until we uh, go past the two pole, as they say. Um, but um, we're very confident in, in what we've seen him as a, as a you know, as a, a, what he's done on the track so far and as, as he's done as an individual. He's, he's, he's strengthened, uh, I'd say strengthened more so since... Uh, since the Grand Prix de Paris, um, he's had a nice little break after that and, 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 and come into his work and hit every target. So, um, 
Yeah, I say very much looking forward to Saturday. Charlie Appleby, who also suggested that Hurricane Lane could easily stay in training as a four-year-old, as could his Derby and King George hero, Adair, who on the same day it was announced would miss this weekend's pre-Niel, the ARC trial in France, because of a leg infection from which he is now fully recovered. He will now go straight to the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. The biggest danger to Hurricane Lane in the St. Ledger is likely to be Ottoman Emperor, who's really on a roll for trainer Johnny Murta, who's already had one big race strike in this country this season, courtesy of Sonny Boy Liston in the Ebor, and that horse will go for the Irish St. Ledger on Sunday. Could be quite a double for the trainer. I said to a guy the other day, sure, if we win the English Ledger on Saturday, Irish Ledger on Sunday, it'll be a good weekend's work. I think he, think he looked at me a bit strange. Nick, you dream about having horses good enough to run these races. Um, we've two fancy runners and two classics. Uh, brilliant weekend for the yard, but nothing that is surprising about it. The work that we put in behind the scenes, the staff we have, and of course now we're getting these better horses, and it, it all comes down to that, getting the better horses, producing them on the big days. And But again, I'm, I'm under no illusion how much they have to step up and how much they have to improve and how much Evan has to go right on the day. But we're very confident at the moment our horses are going there uh, in good shape, they're healthy, they're well, and let's see if they're good enough now. Johnny Murtagh, they're 10 in the St. Ledger, just four in the Irish Champion Stakes, but the big three stand their ground. Poetic Flair, St. Mark's Basilica, Tanawa, the last named hasn't been beaten for almost two years. She's trained by Dermot Weld, who told me that although she was in good shape for this test, he had an even bigger objective in his sights down the road. Yeah, I'm very happy with her. You know, her major target still remains the Arc de Triomphe, but I think we have her where we need her for this particular race. You know, look, it's going to be a very, very tough assignment, especially for her over 10 furlongs. And, um, but we have her well. As I said, I'm happy with her. The horses here are all running very well, and we expect a good run from her. And just looking at the race in the round, and, and it's you and, and St. Mark's Basilica, Poetic Flair, and others, but it would be a surprise if the winner didn't come from those three. What credentials do you think could give you the edge over those other horses? I suppose her toughness, her consistency, her will to win have always been very major attributes of this particular filly. She's a filly with a great constitution, and uh, I'd left plenty to work on. And I still have, obviously, left sufficient, I hope, to work on for the arc. So I hope to have her very well for Saturday. But remember, my prime target is three weeks later. Dermot, well, they're just sounding a little note of caution ahead of Tanawa's bid to win the Irish Champion Stakes, where one of her rivals will be Poetic Flair. After Jim Bolger had decided that this would be the target for Poetic Flair, he spoke to me on the podcast last week, and I asked him whether the horse was in good shape for his next assignment. Sure, this fella wouldn't know how to be in any other shape, only top shape. I mean, that's the sort of horse he is. Um... He pulls out with his tail up every morning and it doesn't matter if it's the day after the race, he's still the same. Oh, you, you, just, you, you just couldn't give him too much. You've trained enough good milers who you've gone a mile and a quarter with. Some it's worked spectacularly, others it's worked less spectacularly. How confident are you that a mile and a quarter will be as good for him as a mile? Well, I won't be confident until after Saturday week, but... Uh, I'm reasonably sure, uh, by the way he was coming home in his mile races of very fast pace, 
that uh, that he will stay the extra two furlongs. I mean, if you look at Ascot, for instance, uh, a record time for the race, uh, even 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 faster than the great horses that have won us in the past, uh, including Frankel. Um, he 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 didn't seem to be stopping as he as he approached the line. So uh, I'm I'm reasonably confident that he will get the trip, and uh, if if he doesn't, so be it. Interesting press release has dropped today from Churchill Downs. Pat Cummings is the executive director of the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation. And you remember Pat spoke to me on this podcast at some length after Medina Spirit's first post-race test following the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Pat's with me now. Pat, what have Churchill Downs done now? Yeah, so uh, Friday midday here in Kentucky, the release of the 2021-22 road to the Kentucky Derby, the outline of basically the way in which horses will qualify for next year's big race and the points scheme that is set out with a variety of stakes races. Uh, I think it's 37 altogether for which horses can accrue points. Now, while everyone is fairly aware that Churchill came out straight away and said that Bob Baffert would be banned from entering uh, horses at Churchill over the next two years, meaning in 22 and 23, that would affect those derbies, there was really no reference to the points scheme for horses that may be in his care, uh, earning points towards the 2022 Kentucky Derby and then potentially transferring the horses and whatnot. So Churchill today has seemingly closed a bit of a logistical loophole, I would say, and made it quite clear that um, any uh, horse that is trained either by a, someone who has been suspended from racing in the 2022 Kentucky Derby or any trainer uh, directly or indirectly employed, supervised, or advised by such suspended trainer um, will not be uh, qualifying uh, and will not receive points. So it was um, a bit of a kind of tying up the loose ends that I, you know, arguably Churchill created uh, on their own, but uh, now with the release of the schedule, it's out there, and it's pretty clear that if you had a horse with Baffert who did earn points, uh, those are not going to count uh, towards next year's big race. So obviously there's no possibility of garnering all the points while the horse is trained by Bob Baffert and then moving the horse to another trainer to to run in the Kentucky Derby. So that's, as you say, shut that loophole. How will this play, do you think, with the racing public? I, I think it's just formalising what was generally expected, but there's this undercurrent of uncertainty that continues to exist around the case that it mostly has to do with some ancillary uh, requests to test uh, substances and there's there's really quite the saga that has unfolded over whether or not uh, substances included uh, betamethasone and it was topical and trying to find secondary uh, findings of that but at the end of the day Nick um, the A sample the B sample were still positive for a banned substance and at some point it seems almost certain that Medina Spirit loses the 2021 Kentucky Derby you are a betting man, Pat. When would you bet that would be? <laughs> America's a wonderful place, but sometimes the, the legal system certainly does have a way of uh, protracting uh, and, and delaying what may otherwise seem inevitable. So 
Uh, I'm not going to go out on the limb there for you, Nick, and give you a timeline of it, but uh, I, I will say I, I think it is fairly straightforward and fairly clear, and a whole lot of precedent would have to be overturned if Medina Spirit somehow kept the race, uh, even after all of these legal proceedings uh, go on for, for however long they may, certainly uh, into the months. Turning to another hugely significant news story in the United States, the uh, impending judgments on Jason Service and Jorge Navarro. When are we likely to know their fates, do you think? So Jorge Navarro has uh, pled guilty to a variety of charges, and he is subject to sentencing in December. Jason Service uh, is still contesting the case, he and several of the defendants, and it, it's quite notable that the number of defendants have, have declined uh, or have de- decreased in size as several have pled guilty thus far. But, but Jason Service is, is among those still fighting and trying to get federal wiretaps thrown out. So, so his case is, is still entirely pending. But several uh, of, the, uh, of the defendants have pled guilty. And one in particular was sentenced on Friday uh, of this week to 18 months in prison, three years suspended release, and will have to pay back eight, over $8 million uh, in penalties uh, associated with this. So it's substantial, it's ongoing, but we know for a fact that as of right now, Navarro and one of the main veterinarians in the case, Christian Ryan, they're due to be sentenced in December. And Holding a bit more of a primary position in this case, I'd have to think that uh, based on the sentences we've seen early, that their sentences are likely to be a little more substantial. Yeah, and the money that they've asked for is very significant. Truly. Um, it, it really is. There was a um, an inkling that, that there could be some more coming from this down the pike um, in a previous federal reference that, that there actually is an attempt to pay back the connections, those who those who lost as a result of Service Navarro et al. winnings um, that were generated over the years in which this doping was believed to have taken place, and that was estimated to be a, a fairly handsome sum. And it looks like uh, they're going to be getting some a significant contribution to this with with the one gentleman uh, Scott Mangini who was uh, was sentenced uh, on Friday. Shall we finish on a positive note and I can ask you some racing questions? Please do. <laughs> Saratoga meets just finished. Delmar meets just finished. Which horse has made the biggest impression on you through those those summer festivals? I think it's been great to see uh, essential quality, um, you know, just, just kind of go through the ranks and uh, continue his progression. I, I don't think things entirely went right for him in several of his races this year, notably the Kentucky Derby, but he has still kind of kept his form straight on, but I think he certainly needs to win the Breeders' Cup Classic to to be Horse of the Year, in which case it would be, a, I think, a certainty if he did. But, um, look, he, he was he was fantastic. Um, you know, Del Mar, uh, this, is, this is the track that essentially matters most from here on out for the rest of the year as the host of the 2021 Breeders' Cup. And I think we... We saw a, a, a series of, uh, there, there's plenty of support out there, right, for, for the race, or for, uh, for the season, but the name of the, the biggest winner of the season out there for the Pacific Classic was a horse by the name of Tripoli, and, and I would venture to say that most are probably unfamiliar with 
who Triple E is. Trainer John Sadler, of course, a winner of the classic uh, with, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, Accelerate, <laughs> Accelerate back in 2018. Um, but he is, uh, he's kind of, kind of flying under the radar that race did this year. I think a lot of the focus has been on the East Coast and uh, be interested to see how maybe a horse like Essential Quality takes to Del Mar. It'll, it'll certainly be a change of circumstances for him. Pat Cummings there, the executive director of the Thoroughbred Idea Foundation. Now, because you missed your weekly dose of Willoughby, because James was away this week, here is the Thoroughbred Racing Commentary Global Horse Rankings Top 10, as released on Tuesday. And up 16 places and sneaking into the top 10 and keeping Chronogenesis out is Baid. At 10, 9, unchanged, Gran Allegria for Japan will take on compatriot Contrail in a terrific clash on October the 31st. Now, here Agoda told us in the podcast earlier in the week, Snowfall Steady at 8. She's Japanese-bred, she's Irish-trained. She runs this weekend. She could climb if she wins the Group 1 Prevail May. 7 is Tarnawa, who could easily climb almost to the top of this list if she wins the Irish Champion Stakes. Adeo will miss the pre niel This weekend goes straight to the arc. He stays at six. Golden 60 will be back in Hong Kong soon. He's steady at five. Essential quality at four. Mishrif at three is bound potentially for a Champions Day and then the Breeders' Cup. St. Mark's Basilica's at two, but could he climb if he wins the Irish Champion Stakes and knock Palace Pier off the top? Or will Tanawa topple both of them? That's it for the Saturday edition. Have a fantastic weekend's racing. How could you not? Charlotte will be back next week. I'll be back on Monday. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.